Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the She Built This podcast. Last week, I had a couple of conversations with people who were working in their day jobs and they were considering venturing out into the world of becoming an entrepreneur. I also had a really good brainstorming session with somebody about what would the educational plan look like if we were going to help guide people through this process. So there's all kinds of considerations, right? First off, what will you do? Secondly, have you considered what it's like not having a steady paycheck? And third, what do you envision as your ideal day? Why do you want to be an entrepreneur? Sometimes asking these questions can help guide us closer to the conclusion that you need to quit being an employee And sometimes they'll actually reveal that you're doing just great where you're at. But I do think that they're important questions to ask yourself if you're considering venturing out and trying something new. Maybe you just need a different job or maybe you need to seek opportunities in your workplace to be a little more entrepreneurial. The other thing I love having people think about and talk about is what does the transition plan look like? How do you transition from having a reliable paycheck to, well, suddenly not at all? Um, I've always two-timed in running my own businesses and working for somebody else at the same time. But when we decided to open a retail store in 2014, we were all in. It was just that. We obtained financing. We took out a $100,000 loan to start the business and we dove in headfirst. And then suddenly we worked for ourselves. So when I was transitioning out of that situation into what I'm doing now, we also had the advantage of selling a lot of our business assets. And it seemed that overall what I was doing was a much less risky option than it was when we had first opened that store and we were going all in, like I said. Um, Today, we're going to be talking to my guest about some of these shifts and what reinventing and exploring and living out your passion looks like in life. I'm here today with Katie Maggio, transformational life, confidence, and business coach, host of the Level 10 Lifestyle Podcast, Mother and Wife. She had her oldest daughter at age 21 while trying to finish up college and obtaining two degrees. And Katie has always believed that if you want it, you work for it. So she always has. She began building her business from scratch before and after her day job. She now works to help others find their truth and live the best life that they can live. Welcome, Katie. Hey, Emily. How are you today? Oh my gosh. So happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. And fun fact, we both are the oldest and have youngest younger brothers. I read that in your bio on your website. Yes. Yep. I am the oldest. I'm four years older than one and 10 years older than the other. And we have the same set of, we all have the same biological parents. Nice. That's similar. I have my next brother is four years younger than me. And then I have eight. And then I think the other one's seven. I don't know. Uh, Sadly, you can never remember what the middle, the middle kid is for an age. (laughs) Um, So before we get started, I want to hear a little bit more about your story, because I think there's a whole lot more than just what I read in your bio that our audience can relate to. So why don't you start by sharing a little bit more of that? So 
like you said, my name is Katie Maggio. And I went on a journey for my own self-transformation a few years back. I was definitely stagnant. I was living in a space where I was still trying to be a little bit of everything for everybody. And I was not being completely authentic with myself. And I think that that comes from you know, years of, you know, growing up and being taught one thing and then, you know, just realizing when you're older that that's not necessarily the best thing. You know, even like as far as when we're in grade school, when they're always telling you, got to color in the lines, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to conform to these social norms. And when you start veering off that course a little bit, you kind of look at yourself like, is there something wrong with me? I need to fit in. And so a few years ago when I went through my own, again, uh, self-discovery phase, I just realized at that point, you know what? Nope. I am going to be me. I know I'm not for everybody and that's fine. I will, I don't, I want to quit sitting at the popular table and I moved out of the popular table and I just sat at my own table and I started building a tribe around me that served me the way I needed to be served. So with that being said, I started my podcast, the Level 10 Life podcast, and really the platform of that is just living your Level 10 life. And you ask anybody what that looks like, it's completely, completely different from one person to the next. And it's kind of neat because it's a way to put some perspective into your into your life, where you are now, where you could be tomorrow, where you could be next month, where you could be next year. And it's okay because it will switch all the time. So, excuse me, just, you know, growing up with certain adversities or things that, you know, may or may not have been popular, like, you know, having children young or, you know, um, you know, taking the hard road and things, you know, I, I always put so much pressure on myself because I should have been this far along because that's how society, you know, really shaped it up in my opinion when I was younger. And then just one day when I realized, you know what, there is no social norms. There is no, there's no society, societal conforms. We are all our own people. We've been put here on this earth for all a completely different reason. And it is a miracle that any one of us are even here and we are all put here to serve a specific purpose. And we need to work that for ourselves and not necessarily for anybody else. So once I pushed all those stories away, I really was then able to start having helping other people live their, you know, their level 10 life and help them with their confidence. And really just, it's all about walking into a room and just lighting up the room and making other people smile and you smiling yourself. And that's really something that I think, you know, we struggled with because, you know, men and women, you know, sometimes we play it small because we're trying to accommodate others and that's just not necessary. So once I figured that out, it opened my entire world. And here I am today on the She Built This podcast. So again, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So I want to know what you see are some of the commonalities in people. Like what are people that are living their 10 level 10 life like what does that look like as compared to a person that's not you know well it's funny because there is actually commonality and if I could go back so when I'm doing my podcast the level 10 life podcast that is a question I ask every single one of my guests which you by the way will be a guest on it I cannot wait and but I do ask everybody what does living a level 10 look like for you and I've had 
many guests say, you know, not to be afraid of who we are, to know that life will always change and that is okay. A lot of it is accepting failures, you know, and just asking yourself, like, who are you today? And that we're not perfect. You know, there's so much, again, societal pressure for this quote unquote perfection, but that doesn't exist. And one person's perfection looks completely different from another person's perfection. And we're all just doing the best we can. So there are, those are some of the commonalities, you know, another one, like just take the high road, be able to sleep at night, be able to put your head on your pillow every single night and say, I did the best I could today. And if you feel, if you put your head down and say, you know, I don't think I did, then you need to course correct and figure it out for the next day and the next day after that and the next day after that for as many days as that we are given the grace to wake up in the morning. So those are a few commonalities. How did you, okay, so you decided that you wanted to shift and make a change and you decided kind of what that looked like. And then how did you actually do it? Because I see that you, you built this business while you had a job. So tell me about that process and like how I want to hear about the messy, messy middle. Oh, absolutely. So my day job um, is working. I am a sales rep for a pet supply company and it is probably the biggest blessing of my life. Um, I've been with them for 11 years now. And I knew that as much as I loved my job, I needed something a little bit extra to fulfill me. So I would do things before work, after work, on the weekends. I would really embrace and just, I really needed to switch how I looked at my day, you know, do my podcast interviews, you know, sometimes at seven, eight in the morning you know, especially if I had somebody in a completely random time zone, I would capitalize on that and, you know, wake up just extra early or, you know, extend my hours till 10 at night and, you know, really block off times where I could make the most of the opportunity that I had. But it's funny you say that because I also had so much pressure on myself in the beginning, which I think I got stuck in a rut is because I was you know, listening to a lot of other people and a lot of other, you know, advice and podcasts and just some of the different advice that I was getting wasn't serving me personally. So I was kind of going down this rabbit hole of it wasn't working for me. I was getting burnt out. I was overworking, you know, that hustle, hustle, hustle. And then once I made that shift and really figured out truly the procedures that I put in place that worked for me, you know, Am, am I exhausted after a long day, long day's work? Okay, well, I'm only gonna, um, you know, do interviews on certain days of the week. Because originally, in the beginning, I had this mentality that I just had to, at any time, at always, be at the whim of others to do podcast interviews or, or take on, you know, clients after work. After that, once I realized that wasn't serving me, I honed in and I made my own schedule that worked for me so that I was happy, you know, not putting in so much effort to accommodate others when if I wasn't giving them 100%, how how could I be the best person for them? You know, whether again, it was a, you know, guest on my podcast or um, a client. So some of those things, just really ironing out the procedures that worked for me personally and for my business. And, you know, just taking that time. Now I don't, do much on the weekends anymore because that was starting to burn out. I share custody with my girl's dad. So now I just 
focus on the times when I don't have them on my off weekend. So that works too. And maybe that'll only be like once a month during the time. So it doesn't interfere with self-care time with, you know, my husband. So just really honing in on processes and procedures that worked for me. And that's the best advice I can give people, you know, take what you will from the advice that you're being given from others, whether it's from a self-help book or a podcast or hiring a coach, you know, finding, finding out, you know, taking, taking the nuggets that work and disregarding the others, but not trying to be completely somebody else. Cause I did go down that path for a little while and I was like, this isn't working. And then I realized it wasn't working because I wasn't that person. So yeah, it's really, it's really easy to do, especially with social media, because we see so many people and we're like, oh my God, that's how you're supposed to do it. You know? Um, yeah. So, all right. I want to know a little bit more about your podcast and what your purpose was. So like what, which came first, the podcast or your, your business, and then what was your ultimate goal in, in having the podcast? So great question. So the podcast actually came first. In fact, if you go back to episode one, it was originally called Meaningful Moments. And the reason why I had that is because I really wanted to take a pause to be able to enjoy all of the things like it sounds cliche, but you know, stop and smell the roses because we're just in this constant, like fast paced environment all the time, which I lived absolutely like, like, like a bat out of hell. Like I was like, Oh, I have to hustle. I have to do this. And I was constantly just on the go. I wasn't really appreciating or taking the time to reflect. And I was always kind of on to the next thing, which was serving me no purpose because I wasn't enjoying what I had at the moment, which I had so much. So I started Meaningful Moments and it was kind of going on the theme of different things like, you know, challenging people, hey, let's wake up and see the sunrise. Let's challenge you to actually catch a sunset. Let's challenge you to put your phone away and, you know, be with your family, just little things like that, whatever it might be. So then from there, once I started my platform of level 10 life, really encouraging people to live their best lives for themselves and putting them first. That's how then it transformed. And it, and I course corrected and it went through a rebirth and that's how the level 10 life podcast came to be. Nice. And you, what do you focus on on it? We focus mainly, it's funny because it's very, very conversational, just kind of going down whatever path it you know, the universe chooses it to go down, but basically really having that sense of individuality, you know, obviously, you know, all of our guests are very different, but getting everybody else's take on, again, what they think living a level 10 life is and honing in on that. Because when people are struggling with living their best life, sometimes it is nice to hear what other people's version of that is because they can't seem to, you know, get out of their own way in a sense, which I was stuck for a long time. I used to say that all the time, like, I just cannot get out of my own way. And I never really understood what that meant. And then I realized like I was just being my own worst enemy. I was, I was self-sabotaging my own self. Nobody else was doing it. It was me. So once I was able to rise above that, which I struggle with still, of course, once you, once you come to that, you know, realization, it's not all roses and sunshine. It's, it's a work in progress. It's a daily daily fix. You know, you, every day you want to, you know, continue to hone in on your craft and be the best person you can be. And, you know, it really is just going, 
into that space of, you know, seeing what works for other people and then taking out of that what you will to see what will work for you. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what you see um, when you work with clients in the workplace and what kind of trends you see with both men and women. And like maybe share with me some of the ways that you help people realize that there are other options besides their nine to five. If, for example, their nine to five is not helping them live their best life. So again, great question. So what ends up happening with that is I think we, and I am very guilty of it as well, I think we start really focusing on the negatives and we can't pull out the good if we start, quote unquote, becoming absolutely miserable in their day to day. You know, when you, when you can't, when you start not seeing any good and you're only focusing on the bad, that's when it is actually time to take an inner look at yourself and say, is it really the job that is, you know, really making me look like that? Or are there other outside factors? And what is the issue truthfully? You know, and then it's like, okay, well, what about your job? Do you actually love? Do you like anything? And then you start picking, pick, drawing that out. And then you're realizing, okay, it isn't that bad, but finding that way to then, if you if there are obviously more cons than pros, then yes, it is time to really explore different options. And again, everything isn't for everybody. And we all have stepping stones and we all have different, you know, little, you know, we have, we have that, you know, think about, a, a you know, stones in the river, you know, just getting one to the next to the next until you get to the other side, you know, you're going to cross that one river and then you're going to come across another river with the same thing, you know, hopefully we're going to live a ripe old age. What I don't even know what, what the median age of a, a human is right now. 87 for women, 85 for men. It could change. I haven't seen that statistic for a while, but think about it. We're going to cross a lot of rivers in our lives. So if we're just focusing on this one thing where we're just so miserable and we think that's the end all be all, we need to really take a step back and say, this is not the end all be all. And if you have a hobby that really lights you up, I always say to people, what exactly makes you smile? What is it that you know, you love. And then we focus on that and say, okay, well, how about this? How about you go to work every day? If, if you're in a position where you're not loving it and it's not fulfilling you, but it's paying the bills and, you know, it's providing things that you need at that particular moment, because things can change at any given time. We all know this. And I try to put it into perspective that in one split second, something can change. So I think yeah. a lot of times people focus on the long-term game. It's, and not even focusing on the short term um, because, you know, if you, if you are completely miserable, then, you know, let's, let's rein it back in. So anyway, um, you know, even just little things like, you know, I had one client who was like, you know, I, I just love gardening. So, you know, then they started, you know, really focusing in on the gardening hobby and we actually, um, actually encouraged them to get a little, you know, sage, um, sorry, a little um, herb garden in their office cubicle and they started really, you know, being excited and they were watching the, the herbs grow and then their coworkers were watching the herbs grow. And then wouldn't you know it, once they really took that shift, then their company actually went through an acquisition, which is something that we, you know, they were really struggling with because they thought, it, you know, they were thinking the worst. Funny enough, they ended up being able to work from home three days a week. You know, and it was like they said, they're like, once my mind shift stopped and I really changed the way I was looking at things, it was like the universe just opened up 
And all of a sudden now I have this gift and I can be home two days a week now and work from home and only have to go in the office for three or, or vice versa. I, I forget. It was, they didn't have to go into the office every day anymore. That was the point. But then they started actually looking forward to going to the office because they got to watch the progression of the herb garden. So, and then they were kind of also inspiring other one of their coworkers to do other little things. So then it, it ended up coming into this, like, you know, just kind of this neat thing where they were now becoming mentors with people who were not as happy with that position. So, yeah. That's awesome. I think one of the best, um, one of the best things I did when I was transitioning out of a retail shop that, that we owned was to sit down and make a list of everything that I really liked about the sh- working there and, and owning it and everything that I really didn't like. And when it all boiled down to it, everything that I like is essentially what I'm doing now, like all of the marketing and um, interacting with other people and stuff. And really the only thing I didn't like was selling. And wouldn't you know that at the same, like while I was trying to figure out what to do next, I went and got my real estate license and I quickly realized that that was exactly like what I was doing at the store was, I mean, it's a selling, you know, you're doing a transaction. I know we all have sales in our job, but it was just funny how I jumped from one thing that I really didn't like about my current position into another thing that was exactly (laughs) the same thing. Um, so, so that being said, what are some of the tools you use to help people kind of get clearer on what direction is right for them, especially when you are kind of miserable and stuck in like, it's hard to see the forest through the trees. I think the expression is actually forced from the trees, but we'll go ahead. <laughs> eh, tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think it just kind of goes back to what I was saying is, you know, starting to really focus on the positives and not only just with your job, but just within everything in your life. You know, once you find yourself being that negative Nelly for everything, it's like, wow, we, you need to take a step back. We need to make a list. We need to really reflect on why it is that you're being miserable. And honestly, just focusing on the positives. And I know that seems like, oh, well, that's easy, you know, when you're not happy, but you know what it kind of is if even if it's just one little thing where you know i like i like the wall color or i really enjoy my coworkers or great it's nice that we have casual friday just starting drawing those positive things out and of course i'm just using them as an absolute example it could be anything but once you start becoming positive it just becomes easier and easier and easier and those negative tendencies Well, just over time, because it is a learned behavior, it is something that when those negativities just start popping in your brain, you stop, pause, and redirect yourself. Like, nope, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole right now. I'm going to put myself first, and I'm not going to allow myself to feel this way. Because the only person, really, at the end of the day, who's making you feel that way is yourself. Right. And if you do have huge adversity, say you have a terrible boss, or, you know, your workload is too much, or you're not you know, you have these outside outside factors that are really putting pressure on you, then yeah, it is truly time to figure out how to course correct and, you know, get through that as well. You know, whether it is, you know, going back to school and, and picking up some new skills or going through an online class or watching YouTube videos, anything that will change your skills and then it'll just open your world up a little bit more. 
So Katie, I have a confession for you. I have yeah. worked over, over 30 jobs in my life. Um, and most of the time it's just because I'm like moving and shaking and always on the go and going someplace new and trying new things. Right. Um, and also I think a lot of, um, a lot of employers couldn't really keep me busy enough. So I would always have like two or three jobs at a time. Um, just cause yeah. I, was, I was always a, like antsy. Um, well anyway, so to the other day, somebody asked me what my least favorite job was and it was this chiropractor I worked for in North Carolina. It just was not a good fit. It was like a very slow job and not challenging and bad hours. And he was not a very good boss. So I was pretty miserable, despite like it was probably one of my better paying jobs at the time. So I want to know what your worst job that you've ever had was and also what the best job you've ever had is. So the worst job I ever had, oh my gosh, that was when I just originally entered into the workforce and it was, so I grew up working for my parent, my family, my family's owned um, businesses their whole lives. So that was my first job ever. And then when I wanted to get a like quote unquote real job that wasn't for my family, I ended up, I was 14 and the only thing I could get was this dishwashing position. And they had promised me that you know, getting this entry level position that I could become a, uh, like a bus girl or be out in the front. Well, that didn't happen. I was just stuck in the back with the dishes for literally months and months and months. And eventually I just left and I was miserable. And, you know, my parents were like, nope, you got to stick with the job. You're making some money. You're only 14. And I just remember staying there. And just one day I just started crying and I was like, I don't want this anymore. I was like covered in everything. And that just was not for me. So Oh my gosh. I hear you. I, I helped, um, at a health food store. And when you volunteered to do the dishes, everybody just suddenly runs over with like all the disgusting stuff they've let sit. You know, I do not envy dishwashers. That is, and they just never stop coming. Like not even when all the tables are clear, I'm sure you've worked in like weight, weight jobs. And you know, that even when you're like the last waitress, you know, the last waitress, you still have to wait for that one cup that gets to the dishwasher, like after everything is all done. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny that you say that is because I have then worked in multiple restaurants over the years since then. And I've always been very kind to the dishwashers, like, you know, anything I could do, or if, you know, I like would see them, I could tell they were struggling, they were sweating. I'd always be like, Hey, take five. Let me just rinse some of these down, throw them through the, the dishwasher. Like I always wanted to become very kind to them because I knew what they were going. Cause I always thought back to those days where I was just like crying. Like Ugh. me too. I would help them like organize them all, you know, I'm like, okay, all everything needs to be tidy and organized back here for you. That's funny. Yeah. Um, all right. So have you ever started something in your new life that you feel like didn't exactly go as planned? And I want to know what you did about it. Well, Yes. I think that I started, like, you know, I would start some things like, okay, so here's, uh, this is the best example I can think of off the top of my head. So I've been writing this book for about two years now, and I even hired a writing coach. I had it edited and everything, and it's still just sitting on my computer where I will revisit it because I don't think that it's the time for it. And I want to add more to it and I'm not giving it, it's, it's, the timing in my life is not there. And then I was putting so much pressure on myself. Like you wrote this book, you paid for a writing coach, you had it edited. Like, what is your problem? It should be, it should have been published last year. And 
I'm just, you know what? I'm not beating myself up over it and I'm it's going to I'm going to get to it and it will be there and when it's time is right, it will become the manuscript that it should be and that's that. But it's just, you know, about course correcting and and just knowing that if it's not working for you or you're not feeling 100% aligned with something, don't just half ass it. Don't just, you know, throw something out and just see if it sticks, you know, be proud of it and really give it the grace that it deserves yeah um are you allowed to give any spoiler alerts and tell us what your book is about so it is actually yes so it's a whole book about my life mistakes and how you can avoid them awesome oh my gosh (laughs) I'm going to speak to a high school in Massachusetts on Tuesday and I'm literally just going to tell them about like everything I did to make mistakes and then not how to avoid them because they're going to go through them too, obviously. Um, All right. Tell me about some of the things in your life and your business that are like your life preservers. So what I mean by this is, you know, that feeling when you wake up and you're feeling super overwhelmed or you're just like drowning in projects or the enormous like mass of stuff. What are the things that you reach for to help keep you afloat? So one thing definitely, and I got away from this and it started really becoming a detriment to my, to my life is fitness working out. I feel as though it is imperative for me to be happy because once I start, you know, adding on the pounds or my clothes aren't fitting the right way, I am not happy with myself. And yes, there is something to be said for loving your body and, you know, you know, those different things and not putting so much you know, pressure on vanity, but I feel great when I'm working out. And when things are starting to go a little awry, I always have found a trend that it is when I've put fitness on the back burner to make room for something else. And it's just not serving me at all. You know, that's it. Fitness needs to be a part of my life, no matter what it is. So once I kind of got that, you know, settled within myself, I realized that everything kind of just falls in place. The other thing too, which I've really been kind of interesting is now that my, my girls are getting older, they're, they're 12 and 15 and they're becoming extraordinary young ladies. And when I am having a hard day or I am, you know, really grasping at things, I kind of just kind of look at them and seeing what their struggles are going through and then putting myself back into that age bracket where I was and say, you know what, what could I be doing for them that can make them become better adults and not go through the same struggles that I may have gone through because I just didn't know any better. I didn't have the guidance. So I love that. So you like turn it into a teachable moment. I love that. Yeah. And that's a great, um, about the fitness. That's, it's such a slippery slope, right? Because when you don't have a lot of time, that's the easiest thing to just be like, oh, well, I I can't squeeze in my workout Mm -hmm. today. And then it just like keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So that's a really good one. Um, I, I also feel like if I don't take, you know, I go for like a hike every day with my dog. And if I don't get that in every morning, I just feel off and like more stressed out. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, I'm sure there's some questions that I didn't ask you that you wish I did. So if you had one magic wish that could come true, what question would I have asked you today? I would probably ask me what advice I would give younger me <laughs> in, you know, in this, in different sections of my life. 
Okay, and then what would your answer be? <laughs> oh, you want the answer? No. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I don't just want the question. Um, so I would say there's there's a few times in my life where I've said now as an you know as a 38 year old adult, and I use the word adult loosely sometimes, is that when I was when I got to college, you know, I wish I took more advantage of the different programs and just the opportunities that the University of New Hampshire offered to me instead of just having that mentality that it was one gigantic party, which I, that's what I treated it as for a very long time. Yes, I left there with two degrees. I was very accomplished, but I feel like just going to class and learning things out of a textbook or in a lab was not fulfilling because I am a doer. I'm a mover. I'm a shaker. I love going to events, networking events, still learning to this day, anything I can get my hands on, I'm going to do it. But I really look back on some of the opportunities that now I'm actually seeing my daughter, my daughter's being presented with, you know, with her, you know, having to look at colleges soon and just some of like, even, you know, the, the like classes that she's even offered in high school, even I was just wish I, I took it that a little more seriously instead of doing some of the other things that I did. So my, my advice would be to don't just party in college, just. Do do things that they're offering for you because it's all free. Well, you're paying for it actually, but but take the most out of it, you know. Oh, you're you're definitely paying for it. <laughs> um, but no, I agree with you. Like we, I think we see colleges like this. Okay, point A to point B, but it really you can you can like make your college career whatever you want it to. You know, you can take classes that interest you in addition to the ones that you have to take for your major. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. I- um, all right. Tell us how we can find you and connect with you online if we want to learn more about you and your work. Absolutely. So my website is katiemaggio.com. That's K-A-T-I-E-M-A-G-G-I-O.com. So you can head over to my website. I also, if you go to iTunes or um, Spotify or Stitcher, uh, gosh, this couple other FM radio, you just go to level 10 lifestyle podcast or actually if you type in Katie Maggio it comes up um, a little bit better I know sometimes people put in life or lifestyle I need to really explore how it's um, crafted in iTunes because I think that's what throws people off a little bit so if you just type Katie Maggio into your preferred podcast listening app then you will find my podcast you can find me on Facebook it is Katie Consalvo Maggio. That is my personal Facebook page. I welcome everybody to come in and take a peek at my life. Funny enough, I just quick side note, I used to have two I used to have two Facebook pages. One was specifically for Level 10 Life and one was my personal page. And I found that it was being disconnected that I was not representing myself as a whole. So I was like, one thing was happening on my personal page and the other thing was happening on my business page and it just wasn't aligning with me properly. So I made this really hard decision to get rid of my business page and now I just have my personal page, which serves it all together. So I have that. That's really, that's interesting. And that's something I need to think about too because I feel like a little all over the place sometimes. I know, like I was posting on one thing and then I was posting another and I'm like, this isn't, this isn't working. I just want everything to be in one space because I'm, I'm me. I'm Katie Maggio. This is who I am, you know, and you can find, you know, my personal life, my business life, but that's all together. Like it's just all jived in one. So again, I I was, I felt like there was like a disconnect between the two and I was like somehow purposefully 
I didn't, I didn't like the fact that I was like at one spot representing something a little different than, than I wanted to. So, um, that's just a little side note on that. So that's where you can find me on Facebook. And then on Instagram, I am at the Katie Maggio. So you can find me there. I do have a confession to make that I'm not as active on Instagram, but I want, want, want to change that very, very much. So that'll be my, my goal is to really become more active on Instagram. Okay. Maybe I can help you with some of that too. (laughs) Thank you. I would love any help I can get. So DM me, you know, uh, message me and as always just, um, you know, head over to the website and I would love feedback. Thank you. And thanks so much for joining us today. This was a great conversation. Oh, pleasure is all mine. I adore you. Aww. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.